It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ireland. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. It's time for Matchup Thursday. We're going to break down the second half of the games. We took care of the first half of the games. We have a 7-7, seven and seven, so if you need to look at the breakdown of the Steelers-Vikings game, we did that. We did get some news on that game here uh, we'll mention at the top that Dalvin Cook looks like he might play with that shoulder injury. So we'll watch that, monitor that. And if he goes for the Vikings, you have to play him, obviously, tonight. So look for that, Alexander Madison. If you've got him and don't have Cook, you might be out of luck tonight. So check that for sure. But the rest of the breakdown of that game on Matchup Wednesday. But we've got to move on with Matchup Thursday. We'll look at some big games on the back half of the schedule, including 49ers, Bengals, Bills, Buccaneers. And the Monday night uh, capper here, Rams-Cardinals. A lot of fantasy points here available for your teams on the back half of the schedule. We'll break these games down for you. What you want to exploit, what you want to avoid. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want or need. And can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Also, would like to thank our title sponsor for the show. We'll hear more about this later. It's Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house and head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com/lockedon. Use the promo code Lockedon for 100% deposit match. All right, let's pick up where we left off, and we did leave off with the Seahawks-Texans game here from Matchup Wednesday. We go into Matchup Thursday. Seven and a half point favorites, the Seahawks are on the road in Houston. So an interconference matchup, NFC West versus AFC South, 41 and a half, however, is the over-under. So let's start with the Seahawks side of things. Russell Wilson, a back-end QB1. He's been getting it done with multiple touchdowns the past two games. We'd like to see DK Metcalf get going. Maybe it happens in this game here against Houston. Uh, Tyler Lockett's been pretty good in the multiple games in which uh, Wilson has been back. He's had a monster game to start, then he had a big game last week as well, so maybe good things for Tyler Lockett consistently here. Then 
But they need to get Metcalf going downfield, and this could be a great opportunity to do that against the Texans, who play a little bit better defensively. They have a decent front, and they can overachieve a little bit. But I think the Seahawks will put the ball up in the air, try to take advantage of whatever's working in their running game throw downfield. Speaking of whatever's working in the running game, I don't want to find out because it's a mix between Rashad Penny and Adrian Peterson. We're not sure if Alex Collins returns. We're not sure either or Travis Homer or DJ Dallas. I'm just going to avoid this entire situation. I think Pete Carroll, Shane Waldron have really messed this up here in terms of where you want to trust anything in the Seahawks running game. So again, when I look at Wilson back in QB1, just you have to temper expectations. There's not going to be a lot of throwing here. Pete Carroll doesn't want that. So he's going to have to get it done on lower attempts, as we've seen with Russ. And I think you look at Metcalf, he's a wide receiver too, and Lockett's a wide receiver too. I'm not going to go higher than that, just the way the Seahawks are not playing consistent offense here. So don't want to invest too heavily in them, but that's about it with the principles of the Seahawks. If you need a streaming defense, Seattle's not bad, but just be aware they don't have Jamal Adams. It's not like he was making a lot of plays, but still another thumper there to intimidate a defense or offense, I'll say. So for the Texans, Davis Mills looks like he's going to start. Tyrod Taylor has a left wrist injury. He's been practicing, but they got shut out last week. They might need a spark here. Mills uh, plays better at home in general, so I don't expect a lot. But if you're needing attacks, and again, once again, it's Dalvin. I will say it's uh, Brandon Cooks, not Dalvin Cook, but Cooks and not Cook in this game for the Texans. But speaking of backfields, David Johnson could be returning here for the Texans uh, in this one. That would muck it up here with Rex Burkhead. Burkhead's not bad if he has his uh, backfield solo, but if they're trying to split it up, we've seen it's really hard to extract any good fantasy value from the Texans' backfield. So, something to watch there, but Burkhead still might be the main guy getting the touches if you're desperate in deeper leagues as a flex. Cooks, I think you just look at wide receiver three, no higher than that this week, and hope for the best with Mills maybe reconnecting and getting Cooks going, because Cooks seemed to wake up only when Mills was in the game last week, so... We thought it was going to be better with Taylor in there. It was for a little bit. He had one big play touchdown a couple weeks ago, but the consistency can be there a little bit more with Mills, and I think that happens. This matchup is not very difficult against the Seahawks secondary either, so in garbage time, there can be plenty of cooks to produce here in this game. All right, let's uh, turn our attention to the Lions-Broncos game as we get in the late afternoon window on Sunday. The Broncos are eight-point home favorites. 42 is the over-under. Let's start with Detroit. Am I trusting anything here? Yeah, a little bit. I think you look at Jamal Williams, he's probably going to get the volume again with DeAndre Swift having the shoulder injury. He's going to miss another game for sure. TJ Hawkinson battling a bit of a hand injury, but he should play. The matchup was tough, but matchup was tough last week. They're making it a point to get it more to TJ Hawkinson. Jared Goff is playing a little bit better. So would I extend to Amon Ross St. Brown or Josh Reynolds? Not if I can avoid it. They do have some pretty good corners. Pat Sertain, Ronald, Ronald Darby here on the back end, even with Bryce Callahan and some other guys missing for Denver. So, again, just temper expectations for the entire Lions offense. The Vikings defense with a bit of a mess. The Broncos actually played the Chiefs rather tough. Shut down Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill and uh, Travis Kelsey last week. The running game was rather contained. So, Jamal Williams, volume-based plays in RB2. TJ Hawkinson, there's not many better options at tight end regardless here, so you're playing him this week. So there's that. That's pretty simple. The Texans have been pretty much uh, cooks all year. The Lions have pretty much been who's running the ball and uh, Hawkinson and everything else is a bit of a stretch. Broncos, there's been a lot of stretch on this team. Melvin Gordon looks like he might return this week, 
But I would still stay still think they stick with a lot of Joe Williams. What Gordon's return does, it helps him get some, some numbers, but I don't think either way it's going to cut in too much to Javante Williams in this game. So Jamal Williams on one side, Javante on the other side. Javante coming off a massive game as the workhorse with Gordon out against the Chiefs. He keeps it going up in this game. The lines are not very good against the run. They're actually decent against the pass. They're okay inside a little bit, so I wouldn't get excited about Noah Fant, especially with Albert O cutting into the tight end work there. Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick seem to cancel each other, but I do like Jerry Judy in this game. So I like Judy and the running backs most. Everything else with the Broncos is uh, a little bit, just a bit of a stretch here. The Lions, again, somehow pretty good against the tight end. Part of it is that they're pretty bad against wide receivers. I mean, it could be a get-well game for Cortland Sutton, but we've been waiting on that for several weeks. Teddy Bridgewater, the connection with him is still off here. Bridgewater playing through a tibia injury, so... He's not a 100% to move around and extend time and get plays downfield. So that's why I like Judy working the slot. Fant will be okay again. He, he's probably a borderline tight end one at best just because of the use of Albert O in this offense here. And really, how much Denver wants to be all about the backs, and you don't expect a high passing volume in general from Bridgewater. So stick with the guys that can help move the chains here. Williams as an RB2 with upside. Gordon, if he returns, he's an RB3 with some scoring potential. And Judy as a wide receiver three in this game as well. And the Broncos defense, great play. So if you're looking for streamers, there's plenty. We broke those down on Pickup Tuesday, but the Seahawks are one. They're on the road. I would prefer the Broncos, however, at home against the Lions versus Seahawks on the road. And the Broncos have just made more plays than Seattle all season long. All right, we got some more intense and exciting games to talk about on the back end here from a reality and fantasy football perspective as the numbers for the games go up in terms of point total and projected fantasy production from both sides. Before we dive into that, I'm going to tell you more about Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know with who or with what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero allows you to look at their lineups before you play, and you can handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy should be, one-on-one. Sign up for free right now. Take advantage. There's a lot of fun games we've talked about. We'll have a game for this week as well on fantasy football, so check it out. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash lockdown. Use the promo code lockdown for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Thanks again for making a Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen. Uh, we are free and available to you on all platforms. Let's continue now. Late afternoon window. Giants, Chargers. The Chargers, 10.5 point favorites. I think that number is kind of steadying because there are some developments for the Giants who you think they would bump it up, but the Chargers are also dealing with some issues. We'll talk about that. The Chargers, 10.5. That's a pretty big spread in their favor, 44.5 for a team that really doesn't have great home field advantage. So that says how much favor the Chargers really are. So let's look at the Giants here. The development here is that Daniel Jones is going to miss another game with a neck injury, so that's not good because Mike Lennon has a concussion, so you're going to have Jake Fromm, the former Bills draft pick. He had a lot of issues there. They signed Mitchell Trubisky to replace him, so Jake Fromm could be starting for the Giants, and who's going to start with him out there at wide receiver? Good question. Sherling Stafford, quad injury, not sure if he can play. Oblique and quad injury for Kadarius Tony. We just can't count on them. Darius Slayton is not doing anything. Kenny Galladay also has an injury this week. He's been limited early in practice, so not feeling it with any of these receivers. The guy that, by default, has to do something is Evan Ingram. The matchup is rather good. Saquon Barkley also had the backfield. Maybe a little Devontae Booker behind him, but still good volume for Barkley here. Still uh, there batting the ankle. Pop back up on the injury report with the limited practices, but Barkley's fine. I think they have to go with Barkley and Evan Ingram as much as possible in this game, given the state and everything else here. With Shepard and Tony, very iffy to return here. Galladay is not feeling well, and really no one else stepping up. This could be an ugly game, but there might be some garbage opportunities here. So Barkley and Ingram we're going to see. You figure it's going to be check down, security blankets type stuff from Jake Fromm. is essentially a rookie because he hasn't really played much at all. So inexperienced starter in this one. It's not like a Glennon out there. So again, he's going to go with the guys that are safe and easier to uh, come through for him. So Barkley can get it done in the passing game. So can Ingram here. Both are volume. We like a little bit more from that passing game usage, but... Again, just the way it is trending this week with the receivers not being healthy still. And from, I think you have to go with the basics here if the Giants are going to try to move the ball at all in this game. 44.5 is the over-under, so not expecting a lot from them as big underdogs. Let's look at the Chargers. Justin Herbert is locked and loaded. The question is, what two of his wide receivers will be available in the starting lineup? Keen Allen's on the COVID-19 list. He is vaccinated, so he could be... Good to go if he clears those two tests there ahead of the kickoff. Mike Williams is a close contact there. We don't know if he's vaccinated there of Keenan Allen. So right now they're on the COVID-19 list, not with the team. They need to get the clearance to play here. If they're both in there, this is a great spot. The Giants do have James Bradbury, but they've been given a lot. Mike Williams could be the one to see Bradbury. So it could be another Keenan Allen game, but we saw that both of them were able to come through last week with Allen and Williams. So just monitor that. If they're not there, then you'll see a lot of... uh, Jalen Guyton, and Josh Palmer, then Jared Cook at tight end, Donald Parham Jr. So I still think those guys can get it done, but some opportunities there if, uh, just like we have with the Vikings game on Thursday with no Adam Thielen, opens things up for other targets. Same thing here should Williams or Allen miss, so you're just about identifying those targets. So I think Cook being the veteran would be the guy that he trusts, and, and with Parham as well. And then maybe look at the third receivers here. Guyton has been making some good plays for them. And you look at Josh Palmer, I don't know if he'll get activated in this case. So something's just monitor who's starting for the Chargers at wide receiver, but you still feel pretty good about Justin Herbert. It also makes you feel great about Austin Eckler. He has a bit of a foot-ankle issue, but he's playing through it. He's limited in practice. 
he's been good to go. He's been one of the most durable backs in fantasy. Everyone was doubting that, but he delivered here the season, and I think this is another great spot for him, working underneath that giant zone, getting a lot of dump-offs. So there are a lot of ways for Herbert to compile stats. If it's uh, not as much of the wide receivers, he can do it with the backs and tight ends, and you'll see that here. If circumstances go that way for a lot of Eckler and potentially a lot of Cook slash Parham here helping him produce the ball. Now, Jared Cook has a chance. He would be their default veteran receiver should Allen and Williams miss the game. So something to look at there. The Giants are not necessarily dominant against the tight end, so keep that in mind. So follow that, but I wouldn't play Cook in another situation there. He has to really be their number one downfield target by default to complement Eckler to go in that direction. Now, what do we do uh, elsewhere? That's about it. I think Herbert, you look at his QB1. Eckler is a very strong RB1. He should be fine. Allen, if he plays, he's going to be a wide receiver one. And Williams, there is a wide receiver two based on this matchup. So, good matchup. Chargers are coming on strong, coming off a big game offensively and defensively against the Bengals. So, good momentum there. Now, this line has shifted a couple times with the Bengals and 49ers. Another close game for the Bengals. They lost the one to the Chargers badly last week. After they had a chance to pull even and start better, it didn't work out. They need to do that against the 49ers. So it used to be early in the week, the 49ers one-point favorites. Now the Bengals are with the home field leaning there. 48.5 is the over-under. Let's start with the 49ers. Uh, they're dealing with some key injuries here. Jimmy Garoppolo's fine. He's okay if you need a streamer this week. George Kittle is fine. He had a big game. Debo Samuel probably going to miss another game with a growing injury. It would be a stretch for him to come back. So... He didn't practice early in the week, so more of Brandon Ayuk. I think he'll have a little bit more expanded role. Kittle's just not going to go off here. The Bengals are decent against the Titans, so Kittle's still tight in one, but just want to expect a repeat of last week as the primary target. And though Ayuk, I think, is a good chance for Ayuk to get going. You've got Eli Apple, some of these other weak corners here that have been over their heads and playing, but Ayuk can still get it done here. So Ayuk is a wide receiver two this week. George Kittle tight in one. Jimmy Garoppolo back end tight in one in deeper leagues or a QB2 that you can look at in Superflex and the other formats. Now, 49ers defense, you're not going to go that direction. I wouldn't go with Robbie Gold outdoors in the element, or Evan McPherson for that matter. I think you can do a lot better there. At kicker, now, looking at Cincinnati, Joe Burrow has a finger injury, but he also a knee injury. He's going to play through both of those here, but 49ers have been a little bit better in the pass rush. You can still throw on them rather well. Joe Mixon is battling a bit of an injury as well. He should be good to go here. Illness is his designation. So he'll be fine. I think it's a bounce back game. I mean, he's pretty good last week. He's still got the touchdown, but in terms of pushing for the big yardage, I think that can come again against San Francisco this week. So Mixon locked and loaded still as an RB1 based on uh, his work this year. T. Higgins could be in danger of missing this game. Remember, he's had some durability issues in the past, an ankle injury that we're looking at for the Clemson product, so that could bump up Jamar Chase's profile. I feel like Chase is overdue for one of the Jamar Chase-like games. I know the 49ers will try to make him the focal point of their coverage, but they lost Emmanuel Mosley here. Just pretty ugly in the secondary, Josh Norman, and just not a lot there that can slow down what the Bengals want to do downfield, so... If Higgins misses the game, Tyler Boyd bumps up for big usage here as a wide receiver three. Chase bumps up all the way to more confident wide receiver one. Mixon, just don't worry about it too much. He will be an RB1 this week uh, in this matchup. But illness, uh, it's not COVID-related, so keep that in mind with Cincinnati. Here's Bengals defense, buyer beware on that because you have two key linebackers, playmakers missing here. Logan Tom or Logan Wilson is one of them that you're going to look at that may not be out there. Marcus Bailey, they're sort of starting outside linebackers, might be out for the Bengals here. So 
That might help Kittle a little bit, but it's still a little bit of contained matchup because of Jesse Bates, their fine young safety there. So keep that in mind in this matchup. Now, with the 49ers, uh, we have to look at uh, the other issue is Eli Mitchell here. He has a finger injury. He's uh, got a knee issue as well. You also have uh, Trey Sermon on IR with the ankle injury. You have Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, aggravating his knee issue last week. So Jermichael Hasty might be the most available and healthiest back here for the 49ers. It doesn't really look good for Mitchell. I think Wilson just didn't look good last week, so they could pivot to Hasty, who doesn't have any issues at all this week. Also, Trenton Cannon, we know he was on the kickoff, had that scary moment against the Seahawks. He's not going to be available. So they're rather thin there running back. So Hasty figures to get some good work here with the trends of what's happening with Mitchell. And the rest of their backs, uh, namely Jeff Wilson Jr. So keep that in mind. Cincinnati, anywhere else would you go? I think Burrow's a back and QB1 here in this game against the 49ers. He needs that chase connection to reheat. If there's no uh, situation where Higgins can play, I bet you see a bump in usage for CJ Uzama and more usage of Joe Mixon in the passing game. So some things to look at there this game. And I think it's going to go over 40 and a half, a lot of offense on the field, not a lot of consistent defense that we're going to look at in this week. So we do need to... uh, Look at our final games on the schedule. We still have to get to that 425 marquee game between Buffalo and Tampa in Tampa. Then we have Sunday Night Football, Chicago and Green Bay. And then the Rams-Cardinals close things off on Monday Night Football. We'll get to all those games and break those down before we close this edition of Matchup Thursday. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL... Use the only place to score once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit on location exp.com slash sbf56. Again, that's exp.com slash sb56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's location exp.com slash sb56 or search Super Bowl on location. Bet Online has you covered for all the props, odds, and lines more than ever before this season. As football season continues to march to the playoffs, we're already here with bowl season here for college football as well. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action of the season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, time to close the show. Looking at the marquee closing games here, for the most part, Bears Packers. Good rivalry, not so much in terms of the close matchup, but an interesting development there that we'll talk about. Bills Buccaneers. The Bucks are just the slight home favorites here. 52.5, our biggest number of the week, belongs to this game. Not a surprise, Josh Allen and Tom Brady on the same field. In Tampa, the Buccaneers have been hard to beat there. They played their best football there. The Bills, coming off that embarrassing loss to the Patriots, it wasn't a blowout, but they just got ran all over, and the Patriots really didn't do anything else to beat them. So Bills are picking up the pieces, a lot of finger-pointing, a lot of questions, what happened on defense, what happened on offense. So... Tough place to rally here as the Buccaneers' the defense starts to get closer to full speed here. So 
Josh Allen's still a QB1. This should be a high-scoring game. Tom Brady's going to light it up. Allen's going to have to light it up as well. It's not like they're the Patriots secondary either. I mean, they did get back some of their guys, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Jamel Dean. They're hurting at safety, however, with Jordan Whitehead banged up here. and Mike Edwards not available on suspension. So, again, they're a little bit vulnerable there. So this is a good opportunity for the principals, Stephon Diggs and Dawson Knox, to get back on track. Diggs had a pretty good game, but there were some things he left on the table against the Patriots that would have changed the outcome. And Knox, we know, had a key drop as well there. So those guys need to get on track. The matchups line up pretty well for them. So Carl Davis was a little bit banged up. You figure he's going to be the guy on Diggs most, but they move around Diggs. They're more effective. So that makes me not interested in the other receivers here. Emmanuel Sanders there and uh, with Murphy Bunting and Dean. It uh, contains Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis. Had the touchdown last week, but highly touchdown dependent. So, Josh Allen, QB1. Stephon Diggs, wide receiver 1. Dawson Knox, tight end 1. Good value on DFS is Dawson Knox. A little bit undervalued based on the disappointing performance from Monday night. So, take advantage of that. Am I going anywhere in the backfield? No. The Buccaneers' run defense we know is nasty. They're at full strength with Vita Vea and then Dominican Sue in the middle. Devin White is not hurt either now, roaming the middle of the field either. So, and nothing there. Again, Allen, Diggs, and Knox. I'm going to stick with those guys, avoid the backfield. And I'm going to also avoid the Bills' defense this week with Tom Brady playing well on the other side. All right, Brady, he's locked and loaded. The matchup on paper is very tough. This Bills' pass defense is uh, very tricky, and you figure the Buccaneers might be run-oriented here a little bit more with Leonard Fournette and check off to that in under Brady's wishes. We'll see about that, but I still think Brady's Brady. I think he's about as close as matchup proof as we've seen throughout the years for a quarterback in this league. So keep that in mind. So let's look at Brady. Brady's a QB1. Set it, forget it. Chris Godwin might struggle a little bit. And Mike Evans might be the guy a little bit more this week with no Trevor Davies White on the outside. You do have Teron Johnson. He's pretty healthy. Levi Wallace has played pretty well as well. But the key is going to get Chris Godwin outside and uh, fill the void vacated by Antonio Brown here, who's on suspension, still has the ankle injury as well. So, Godwin's going to have to work around the Teron Johnson matchup a little bit. This could be more of that Mike Evans type big game. He's been the guy that they need to feed. We've got uh, Godwin going off and Gronk going off, but it's time for Evans to have one of those games where he has uh, a big yardage day and at least one touchdown, maybe two in this one. So, love Evans this week on the outside. Godwin, just temper expectations. He's still a pretty nice wide receiver, too. I'm not going to really extend anyone else in the past game, like a Scotty Miller or Tyler Johnson. Just hasn't happened without Antonio Brown. There is someone else in the past game. His name is Rob Gronkowski. I know Cameron Brake pilfered a TD last week, but Gronk was outstanding. The Bill or the Buccaneers just could not be stopped. They're thrown to the tight end. The Bills are pretty good against the tight end. They have Matt Milano in coverage. Pretty good safeties here, the way they play their shell. But Gronk is a Buffalo native, and that usually motivates him to play really well against the Bills, wants to show up against his hometown team and destroy them. So Gronk is just a matchup nightmare for every team. But when you look at it this week in particular, if Godwin's a little bit bottled up and Evans uh, sees some uh, double teams and all that, I think you'll see Gronk go off. So a lot of teams have to understand that Gronk is the what stirs everything for Tom Brady. You contain Gronk and you can live with the other wide receivers going off, but when he's locked in with Gronk, they're hard to beat here. So QB1 Brady, tight end one Gronk, Wide receiver 2, Godwin. Wide receiver 1, Mike Evans. Buccaneers defense and special teams, startable. Ryan Suckup and uh, Tyler Bass are startable as kickers as well in this game. So start him if you got him, except for the Bills defense and their peripheral receivers and running backs here this week 
in this matchup. I'd like the Buccaneers to win. It's going to be close. Allen will play better than he has in recent weeks to stay with Brady here, but some garbage time potential for sure in this one. All right. Bears-Packers. The Packers are 12.5-point favorites on Monday or Sunday night at home. 44 is the over-under. Let's start with Chicago side of things. The big news is Justin Fields starting this week, returning from the ribs injury. Andy Dalton's a little bit banged up, so that may have factored into the decision, but looks like Fields can handle it now. He's practicing at full, so no pain there. So that's good. So Justin Fields, we were excited about him before he went down in that Ravens game where he could have done something, but he got further banged up in that game. He came in from the situation just looking a little uh, beat up here. So I, I think you look at now Fields' uh, second Opportunity to uh, play in prime time here in a big spot. Last time against the Steelers, he put up some numbers late. So keep that in mind. So Justin Fields, he's a bit of a dark throw. He's a cheapy DFS play in tournaments only that you can look at. It changes the game a little bit because now you have, hopefully he's running a little bit more in this one. And it also helps, I think, Darnell Mooney because Andy Dalton struggles in weather at night to get the ball to his primary receiver. So Fields can help Mooney here with his presence here as a wide receiver too. A little bit better. It's a... Potential tough matchup. The Packers have been surprisingly good against uh, wide receivers despite losing Jair Alexander, so something to watch there. But, again, Mooney has been their key target. Volume and all that will come from Fields this week versus Andy Dalton. You also like uh, the situation here for David Montgomery. He's got multiple injuries here that he had listed which shoulder and glute or a couple of them, but he's expected to play, get the workouts role. He's... Right there with Jonathan Taylor getting massive volume in relation to the rest of his team's offense. So they've become run heavy here with David Montgomery. And why wouldn't you uh, with the other struggles there? And uh, Fields being in the game actually helps because he provides running element and this field stretching element with Mooney. Now what do you do with Allen Robinson? He looks like he may return from a hamstring injury. He wasn't very productive when LV this season. But the matchup is good. You can consider him there to maybe produce a little bit more. Marquise Goodwin can also return, which also could cut into what you get from Al Robinson. So I still think it's a Mooney game. That's the only receiver I want to trust. Cole Komet, not yet quite yet, but if you need to go there and you're desperate, I think that would be the next guy that would be busy here for the Bears after Darnell Mooney in this matchup and the Montgomery RB1 just by the volume, pure volume sense alone in this matchup. Let's go to the other side, the Green Bay side. Aaron Rodgers still battling through that toe injury. He didn't play the post-COVID toe injury. He should be fine here. He's been already talking about how much he owns the Bears, so he's going to come out and have another big game. We know that. Devontae Adams batting through a little shoulder injury, but he'll be fine. Uh, we had Marquez Valdez-Scanling, fully healthy. He should be a threat in a sneaky play this week. Bears secondary is not very good on the outside, away from their number one, Jalen Johnson. Here's a youngster from Utah. So you might see Devontae Adams see some of that, but it's not going to thwart you from playing Devontae Adams at all this week. They might use the tight ends more, so Josiah Degar might be something there, but we're not going to buy into it yet. We have to see that to believe it on a regular basis here. So Aaron Rodgers, QB1. Devontae Adams, wide receiver one on the board. Marquez Valdez-Scandling, sneaky wide receiver three. Let's go to the backfield. Uh, Aaron Jones should be at uh, more full strength after the buys, but I don't think A.J. Dillon's role is going away. They're going to use him quite a bit here, and he could play closer in this game, so... I do like Dylan as a flex uh, slash RB2 with some upside. Aaron Jones as an RB1 this week. So Packers are sitting pretty again. Their defense, good stack with one of their running backs this week. And Adams, uh, the production there makes you think a little bit more about uh, Valdez Scanling. Another thing with the Packers, uh, using the backs and throwing to them 
is a sign that they need a little bit of help because they're down at tight end with no Robert Tunyon. So that can also help the usage of Jones and Dylan in this game as well. And if you need the Packers defense, they are playing a rookie quarterback. I think I would have actually preferred it if it was Andy Dalton in there in prime time, but still pretty playable here. So a lot that we've run across here in terms of streaming, Seahawks for sure, the Broncos for another, the Giants, and here's another one, Packers. So you should not be hurting for a good defense this week to help you in fantasy football. Finally, we'll look at the Rams-Cardinals game. The Cardinals are three-point home favorites, the basic home favorite advantage there on Monday Night Football. The Cardinals handled the Rams pretty well in Los Angeles. The first time, forced turnovers, got big lead, won pretty comfortably in that one. This one is 51.5. Field goal favorites, the Cardinals are. I think the Cardinals will win this game. The Rams haven't been better against uh, worse teams here. I mean, they've done most of their damage against the bad teams, is what I'm trying to say. Against the tougher teams, not there as much, so... Matthew Stafford still, I don't think, is fully healthy. He's older. He's worn down a little bit here. This matchup can be rather tricky here. The Cardinals secondary playing pretty well, so keep that in mind. That can contain some things that are not Cooper Cup, but still, I like Matthew Stafford as an easy middle-of-the-road QB1 this week. For sure, Cooper Cup and him make a great stack, and we know that every week. Cup is going to get it done. And uh, the good opportunity for Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham Jr. based on the game script for them to... See the balls and maybe a possible touchdown, but Jefferson more for the yardage play, OBJ more a TD dependent play here for the Rams. And we'll see about Sonny Michelle. Does he remain the workhorse? We'll see about Daryl Henderson and his practice schedule. We don't know exactly yet because we'll find that out starting on Thursday because they go Thursday, Friday, Saturday for the Monday games here. So we'll find out more about that and his status. But if you have to plug and play Michelle again, you feel really good about it. I mean, he just looked very productive. I know it was the Jaguars, but still, he ran with conviction, sparked their running game a little bit, and then gone a little bit dormant here with Darrell Henderson. Good change of pace, speedy guy, but sometimes not getting those chunk runs that are still there right in front of him for this situation for the Rams. And now, really can't extend much more. You have uh, the Robert Woods situation, so you just hope for the best for a piecemeal third receiver option here but after Cooper Cup and uh, those guys uh, there with Henderson and Michelle, that's the biggest thing we're watching. But Jefferson and Beckham, we're going to see how that plays out as well with uh, no Woods. But again, I'm going to pause on Higby. It's been all about the wide receivers and the running backs here for the Rams this week. And I would sit the Rams defense this week. The Cardinals are just too hard to rely upon a defense against them with Kyler Murray back and looking pretty good and efficient with this offense and uh, the Cardinals being favored in this game with a high scoring total as well. Now, Kyler Murray locked and loaded as QB1. He looked good running around last week, also passing. He doesn't need a lot of volume as he showed last week to produce. He's locked and loaded in your lineup. He'll keep producing here down the stretch just in time for the end of the fantasy football regular season and the playoffs. DeAndre Hopkins, tough matchup for him. He drops down to wide receiver three status. That's how tough Jalen Ramsey is and can be on Hopkins. Now, that should open things up for Christian Kirk elsewhere on the field here. Looks like Chase Edmonds has a chance to re- return here for the Cardinals. We'll see about how that plays out. Regardless, James Conner's been smashing it out of the backfield. He'll still he'll still be the main man. So he's an RB2, RB1 borderline here. The touchdowns make him more like an RB1. So again, don't extend too much. I'm not going to go with A.J. Green or Ronald Moore or something like that. Christian Kirk is the way I would look if you need some wide receiver three help playing off that Ramsey-Hopkins matchup this week. Again, we'll look at Edmonds versus Connor, but Connor gets a bump up if Edmonds is ruled out for sure. The Cardinals defense playing at a high level. They forced big-time turnovers against the Rams. The first meeting 
So they showed that uh, with the four interceptions against the Bears. They're on fire. They're at home. They're in primetime. Emotional play them here this week. All right, there's our completion uh, in-depth breakdown of the final seven games, the back seven games on the Week 14 NFL schedule from a fantasy football. A little bit from a gambling perspective here for you in Locked on Fantasy Football. Speaking of gambling, thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listener. Every day, don't forget, we'll have lineup Friday tomorrow. We'll look at uh, DFS, uh, targets there, DraftKings, and FanDuel, whether they're playing cash games or tournaments. Break down what we saw in the Steelers-Vikings game and close with the injury updates and rapid fire that you need to know. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available to you on all platforms. For this edition of Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. Good luck in any of your endeavors with the Steelers and Vikings tonight. And we'll catch you tomorrow to close the week looking at DFS injury updates there and the early reactions from Week 14. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.